What's going on, everybody? Welcome to People Playing Games, a podcast all about the people who make the world of games awesome. And joining me today is a true veteran of video game journalism, someone who's written for more publications than I can count, who's authored his own book, and has even founded the New York Video Games Critic Circle. My good friend, Harold Goldberg, how are you doing? I'm good, Mike. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. It's a, it's a surprisingly busy time to be covering games, even though it's the summer. I know, I know. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a little behind. I'm going to try to get to uh, Pyre tonight, but I had, I was not able to play it before, uh, before its release, unfortunately. Yeah. Speaking of uh, just things you've been playing, I mean, how how busy have you been lately in terms of, you know, obviously you have big things going on with the Critic Circle, and also I'm sure you've got tons of deadlines and stories. So, you know, what are what are some exciting things going on right now? Well, um, I have things kind of scheduled months in advance from now, so I'm kind of working on them. So I let's see, one thing I can tell you, it's going to be a really interesting story. So there's this magazine called Harper's Bazaar, right? It's a fashion magazine, but it's celebrating its 150th anniversary. So I'm working on like a 10-page 12-page spread for them. I think it's the first time ever in their history they've done something on video games. So, or certainly, certainly for that kind of a special issue. And also, uh, and you're the first to know about it. I really haven't told told anyone about it, but I can't really tell you what the content is. But it's going to be pretty awesome. I mean, that that magazine's been around for like 150 years. So. Um, Charles Dickens wrote about wrote for it back in the day, so it's uh it's gonna be, it's gonna be an awesome you know one of those big thick fashion magazines of like 600 pages, and this will be I think what they're saying right now is gonna be the um the main fashion spread in it. Wow, that's super exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wish I could tell you more. So that that's down the line. Um, but like so so my kind of Daily gigs are like I do the Washington Post as a backup to Chris Bird. Um, so I'm looking at I think I'm going to review Madden for them. So I'm starting to look at that. And then uh, another kind of daily or like weekly gig is Boys Life. So I do Boys Life magazine. So we'll, I, we're going to close, I believe, December and, and January um, on the first of August, but I just reviewed Splatoon for their online. So I liked Splatoon, but I actually, Splatoon 2, I'm sorry, uh, but I actually liked ARMS better. I just really, I'm a big fighting game fan, so ARMS really kind of tickled my fancy. Yeah, I'm a huge fighting game guy too, and ARMS is is really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, all the characters and the nuance. I mean, I wish it was a little, I wish it was online probably, but aside from that, I mean, with our critic circle, we, um, we took arms to, uh, a school that we mentor at and an outdoor event where we had little kids playing it. And it was like, it was such a hit generally, um, among kids. I think I have a photo of like two babies trying to play it. Like they're probably a one and a half each. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Jordan minor helped with that Abrams art center outdoor event, uh, thing. And then up at, up at the dream yard school in the Bronx, where we mentor and give, uh, scholarships, 
uh, my ass was whipped by te- teenagers, uh, but I but I did beat the uh, I, I did beat the teachers, so I felt I felt good about that. As long as you got some wins. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Uh, so while we're talking about games, uh, we're going to jump right into our first segment, which is called First Favorite Worst. We're going to get a little bit of your gaming history here. So what I want to know is the first game you ever played, your favorite game of all time, and what you think is the worst game you ever played. Okay, so let's get the get, get rid of the bad first. <laughs> Sounds um, good. My 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 least favorite game ever. There are two, and uh, uh, they're they're both really crappy. One was I had high hopes for, which was Coraline, the Neil Gaiman book turned into a game, but it was literally unplayable, and it was just really bad. And then there was a recent Battleship game in tandem with that awful movie, and that oh, was really yeah. bad. So, but the good news, I mean, it's both good and bad, but I think that after the last recession, we got rid of a lot of the middleware, um, and, and, and certainly that includes the bad middleware, like that Coraline game and the Battleship game. But I do miss THQ, and I guess I would consider them middleware. I even kind of miss some of those Spon- SpongeBob games. Um, but, you know, from time to time, they would come out some, with some fairly interesting um ips of their own so i I do miss that company and then as far as like my favorite game um i would probably i had the most fun with soul caliber for the dreamcast which i know is kind of going back a ways in years but i used to be the editor-in-chief at sony online and so at the end of the day, my team, uh, you know, we work on words for like EverQuest and Star Wars Online, which wasn't that good, but EverQuest was. So it was always fun to work on those games. Um, and we love PlayStation stuff, but at the end of the day, just to, to kind of blow off steam, we played um, a lot of Dreamcast, uh, Soul Calibur for the Dreamcast. And we enjoyed that so much that even after the Sony gig ended for about, Ten years after that, we would still play whatever the new iteration of Soul Calibur was, you know. So I would be, I had gone out to. Rap- I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I, I don't dog. know if he like. I don't know if he likes Soul Calibur or doesn't like Soul Calibur, but <laughs> but we would go. We went out to play uh, Soul Calibur. I think through five, um, at, you know, at various locations, usually my house. So it happened. So those guys went on to like be vice presidents of like MTV or uh, True TV or what have you after after Sony Online Entertainment, and we would still get together and, and play from time to time. So that I think had the most effect on me. And then I mean I even start my book uh, about video games or one of the books on video games I wrote about, um, um, and I start I think I think the the introduction begins I Am Nightmare, which is one of the characters from Soul Calibur. And then um, I like, I should mention the title of my book, It's All Your Base, I Belong to Us, How 50 Years of Video Games Conquered Pop Culture. So um, one of the interesting things about that book is that um, I got to interview uh, Sam Hauser from 
for Rockstar Games and uh, um, for like about, I think it ended up being about eight hours. So if those tapes ever come out, man, those those are going to be awesome. But um, I, I mentioned that because I think my second favorite favorite game is is probably Red Dead Redemption. Mm. And 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 just because I I didn't expect a western to be so compelling and riding a horse to be that interesting and but but the vistas were so good and then there was one kind of really interesting point in the missions where I think you had to kill a bunch of, I, I tell the story a lot but I think you had to kill a lot of about maybe five Sasquatch. And so after you, and they're harder and harder to find, you finally kill four. And then you find the fifth one um, under a tree by like a rushing river or something like that. And he's sitting there and he's got his head in his hands and he's, he's, he's crying. And he's, he's saying, well, he says to you as the character that, um, you know, you may as well kill me because all of my kind have been killed. And I find find no reason to live. And at that point, I'm just you know I'm almost in tears because the tables have been turned. You're supposed to kill people in Rockstar games, right? You're right. Supposed to kill the characters, but this time you have to really think about what you're doing. And uh, I really did not want to kill that last Sasquatch, but I did ultimately. But I felt very bad about it. Yeah, that was definitely one of those landmark moments in video game storytelling. Yeah, no, it 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 really was, and it 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 gave me uh, newfound respect for that company as well. And did we cover your first game ever yet? First game ever, probably was Space Invaders. You know, I go way back, so <laughs> uh, so it was it, that was probably it was probably like Space Invaders or a Popeye game in a bar. That's probably what it was. Sounds good. And, you know, you've mentioned some of your many gigs and, you know, the, the many career milestones you have. But what I want to know is what got you interested in writing about video games in the first place? Well, I mean, I, I, I also occasionally write about other things. I, I began writing about games, I think, around the time uh, CD-ROMs became popular. So I got a fairly expensive rig at the time. And at the time, also, um, I well, I was writing about music and film, and um, I kind of liked it. But in, in, in certainly in music, I found the trends to be repeating themselves. And also, I didn't really like my fellow critics because I think my fellow, a lot of the fellow critics, aspired to be rock stars. You know, like some game. Uh, critics aspire to be perhaps narrative designers or something, mm-hmm. but but a, I think that that um, there was a lot of ego involved in 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 being a music critic, and it wasn't me. You know, I was always like, leave your ego at the door. I don't want to deal with your you know uh, tantrums, what have you. I mean, that's one of our tenets for the circle. You know, just don't be. If you don't have an ego, you know, you have a better chance of being in our group. So, so, so uh, once I got a Pentium computer and started looking at CD-ROMs um, and games on CD-ROM, I said, well, you know, this would be interesting to write about. And I was at Entertainment Weekly at the time, which was a 
better magazine then than it is now. And certainly one of the hot ones of like the 90s. So it was a good place to be. And they started a game section. And um, I started writing. I think I reviewed Phantasmagoria for them, which was uh, an old... Uh, an old horror game, uh, I think. I think done by Roberta Williams. So it's it's like a '90s game. The narrative wasn't that good. Um, it was controversial because there was a rape scene in it. Um, but so then, once I wrote that review, I kept getting called from television stations asking me to talk about the rape scene. But then I would say, well, you know, parents can turn that off. It doesn't have to be on. So then no one was interested <laughs> at that point. It's like, oh, if you could turn it off, it's not as big of a deal. Right. But, um, it was it was a decent horror game, but it used a lot of tropes that were out there. And um, um, in retrospect, I think it doesn't it doesn't stand up to uh, the horror games that we have today, which are kind of much more nuanced. I was really a fan of uh, the most recent. Uh, Resident Evil, and I, 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 I did a piece in Playboy magazine and a different piece online um, uh, after traveling to Osaka to uh, to interview people. It was I thought it was a pretty scary game, and uh, uh, I'm not sure if it it held up at the end, but I think uh, certainly the attempted VR was pretty scary, and even if you didn't use VR, there was there were some very scary moments in that game. Very cool, and um, you know that that was that was a great story in and of itself. And jumping off of that, you know, I'm looking at your biography on your website. It's this amazing list of of publications and, and projects that you've launched. So, could you kind of walk me through some of your personal career milestones? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so my the biggest first my big first article was a cover story in Esquire magazine about the making of a rock band um, um, and and how they kind of got screwed over by the record company. So that was kind of my ticket out of my hometown, which was Buffalo. So that that article, and also the guy who was my editor was Adam Moss, and he was a terrific editor. He's now the editor-in-chief at New York Magazine. And the reason he, he is so good, he not only knows how, um, how to choose talent, like, I guess Gabriel Sherman just left New York, but picking Gabriel Sherman to do uh, politics and Roger and media stories was like a, a brilliant choice on, on, on Adam's part. So, so he knows how to pick talent, but he also really knows how to work with talent. And, uh, uh, so that was, that was just really lucky to have, have written that story and, 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 and they gave me the ability to leave town. Um, I think, uh, Book-wise, um, I wrote a book about uh, serial killers called My Life Among the Serial Killers, and that's probably the most popular book I have. I, I think it's probably sold maybe 300,000 copies at this point, maybe a little more. It was also turned into kind of an off-Broadway play here in New York. It's it's written with a woman who's kind of like uh, the real life Clarice from Silence of the Lambs. So <laughs> and, and it did it did really well. I still get royalties from it like twelve years later. It's wow. uh, kind of an evergreen book. And then um, what else? Um, well I wrote that book All Your Base I Belong to Us, uh, fifty years of uh, video games conquered pop culture. And that was that was really interesting for me to write because I got to speak to kind of my heroes 
um, in uh, in the world of uh, video games and and, uh, and there are, and talk about their struggles um, um, in in. in you know, it's some of some of those folks like had never really talked to anyone um, in the press at length before. So, so yeah, I got to talk with um, Ralph Baer, the the maker of the Magnavox Odyssey, before he died, and I hung out with him, and then I helped him, uh, you know, work on uh, his autobiography after that, and then um, again, ta- you know. Meeting with uh, uh, Rockstar Games and Sam Hauser was kind of a highlight of my video game career because I don't think anyone really has gotten in with with Sam other than me, certainly in the United States. Um, so so that was uh, good, and and I, I can tell you a story about how I was able to get into Rockstar if you're if you're interested. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, I felt that so the, the book is kind of based on about 200 interviews, but I felt that it wouldn't. It, and it's it, it's a, it really is about how pop culture con uh, how games conquered pop culture. So I felt that um, if I didn't have kind of inside interviews with with the people at Rockstar, that that it wouldn't be a complete book. Um, so. I tried to go through uh, Rockstar publicity and uh, really got really got nowhere. And despite the fact of having known that PR person at when he was at another company, I just it just no one answered. Um, so I sent the serial killer book to both Hauser brothers, and shortly thereafter uh, got a call from uh, someone there who was kind of said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I just, you know, I want to, I'm, you know, I, I'm not someone who's going to hype them by any means, but I, I really am kind of interested in their careers. And um, I, I, I like the games a lot, but I also am interested in like the challenges that you folks have gone through to make games. And it turned out that there were lots of challenges once I get in, but so there was that phone call, and then there was kind of an interview over coffee, and then there was another interview, and then they said yes, and then they were making Red Dead Redemption. So every time there was kind of a date set, um, it kind of fell through due to crunch time. So it came down to my book was due, and my editor said, like, you've got you to get this in because it's going to come out. The book's going to come out. And we have a deadline, and you got to meet it. And I said, "Well, there's really to me, there's not. This is not an interesting book without without the Rockstar people. So let's give them a few more weeks." So they finally did come through, and I got an extension on my deadline. And it was really a great talk talk with uh, Sam Hauser. I mean, I, I I would hope that everyone would at some point get a chance to talk to him because he really has a lot to say. And uh, he's funny and witty and, and smart. So um, it all turned out for the best, but it was very tense for a while because uh, I thought it wasn't going to happen. Do you think landing that interview is what made the book? Yeah, yeah, I do. And, um, you know, I, I do talk about that interview because no, I mean, uh, a lot because it's, 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 a, it's rare. So there are two chapters in there um, that that are not, you know that no one else has gotten them, and uh, um, 
and so I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that in that sense. And then I went on to, I did a, a cover story for Playboy magazine a few years later around the release of the GTA 5. Um, uh, which was another uh, long interview with, with Sam Hauser. So, yeah, that's that's like, um, you know, they, they they don't really pull punches when when I sit down with them. Um, they will will tell me, um, you know, kind of what's going on, and, and, and you know, there's nothing that's off the table. So that's a good thing. And then, like other career highlights, might was 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 the New York Video Game Critics Circle. I think that um, over time has become uh, a really interesting uh, group of group of critics. I mean, it was founded about seven years ago. It was me, Evan Narcissus, uh, who was at Kotaku at the time, and Rush Frustic, who's I think at MTV at the time, now at Polygon, and then uh, Tracy John, who was at MTV as well, and Andrew Yoon, who was um, who was like I think the PSP fanboy at the time or something like that. And uh, so we all got together to try to advocate for ourselves because we were here on the East Coast and um, we felt we were getting short shrift from from people on the West Coast where all the companies are. So we, you know, we got together to have fun, to advocate for ourselves. And uh, we started I started the New York Game Awards pretty much that first year. And Logan Cunningham from Supergiant Games was our first host. And it was it was good, you know. It was it, it felt like a little indie, a little ragtag, but it was it was something really interesting. And then over the last three years, I would say I've moved the circle more toward kind of a nonprofit uh, because I felt that we didn't really need to advocate for ourselves anymore. We kind of had become an established entity, and so I thought, um, you know, let's try to give back to the community. And give out scholarships, and I, I, I raise money to, uh, um, to 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 give money away, and 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 to uh, to mentor kids and, and senior citizens. And like yesterday, Sheree Smith, who's your colleague, and I yep. went to went to this uh, place called Senior Planet, which is in Chelsea in Manhattan, and we went there with uh, VR. So. Um, Sheree was showing off uh, Samsung Gear VR, and I was showing off PS uh, VR. We had, the, I mean, we had about 15 people checking out VR. They never, not only had they never seen uh, VR before, they'd never seen. These are older people, man. They didn't, they, they, they really don't play games even. So right. it, they were really astounded. But there was this one guy who's awesome, man. He was like 80 years old. He's got. Uh, He's got one leg and, you know, he's taken this trip into VR that was like really awesome for him. So that's 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 kind of um, where my heart lies right now is kind of trying to get back a little bit. And and also because we as critics are kind of cynical, we have to be in a way because Mm -hmm. sometimes we're given a lot of uh, bull shit by uh, uh, game companies, so so we, we have to have thick skins that way. But really, when it comes down to it, what we love about the industry is, is, is kind of great games, and we can share that with people who don't have to deal with the industry on a, a daily basis um, and, and, and don't have to deal with its ups and downs um, and just are, 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 are kind of gobsmacked 
buy a good game, whether they're 80 years old or 14 years old, um, that's really, that's really fun for me. So, um, um, you know, we, and, and, and we have, a uh, a community event coming up where you can kind of beat some of the people that we mentor. Um, it's going to be on Friday, uh, this Friday at the Abrams Art Center on Grand Street, where we had, um, our, our New York Game Awards last year. So, um, we'll have two monitors set up with games. Uh, we'll have t-shirts. We'll be giving stuff away like headsets. Um, and, uh, you can meet some of the kids we mentor and all of us, you know, as many of us come out. I think, I think a good number of folks are coming out at least. I think about half of our 40 members should be there. Mm-hmm. So, and it's free food, free drinks, um, free music. It's in tandem. It's a block party with the Abrams Art Center. So we are part of it. And then after we have our um, event there between five and eight on Friday, we'll move to, I think, two bits retro arcade just to, uh, just to have a drink and, and hang out. So, so, so yeah, you could, you get everyone can come and hang out on Friday. It should, should be a good, good event. There you guys should definitely check it out. Just full disclosure for everyone listening at home. I am a member of the New York video game critic circle. Harold graciously brought me in last year and, yeah, just to kind of echo the things you said, you know, it's it is really fulfilling to, you know, uh, both put on events that you know, kind of let people experience why games are great, uh, and also you know just having the circle meetings and getting to just you know talk amongst critics about what what we're loving, what we're not loving. Um, I, I think it, I think it really helps everybody out. So it's it's definitely a really cool thing to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think it does. I mean, it's, it's something that's needed. Um, you know, we, you know, we say the Polygon people hang with the Polygon people and like the Times Guide pipe people hang out with the Times Guide people, but it's good to have, um, a hang where, you know, we all kind of come together and like there's, there's, you know, there's no, there's, as I said, there's like, like there's no ego. There's just good mm-hmm. conversation over a drink or two. It's, it's, it's a good thing to do from time to time. Absolutely. Um, so just to, uh, to touch back on your, uh, your career and your history, uh, you've, you've been a journalist for so many years. Uh, what do you think's the craziest, craziest story you have from your career as a journalist? I can't tell that. <laughs> <laughs> or the, or the craziest one that you could talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So there is one that's really crazy, but it would take too long to tell. And, uh, <laughs> Um, but I am, I am actually writing that one. And it, it, the, the, all I will say about that is that I, I was nearly shot at one point and I oh, decided boy. to, I decided to write about it. Um, but, but aside from that, um, the craziest thing, uh, what might pop to, up to mind? Well, as a, <laughs> um, as a very young rock critic still in college, um, in Buffalo, I was sent to, uh, the hinterlands because they would, if you were a freelancer, uh, or a stringer as we were called, you would be, the gigs that you would, be, would get be, would not be in like the quote unquote big town of Buffalo. You would be sent out to the, the sticks to do, uh, reviews. So I, I had to interview this woman, um, who is a singer? She'll be remain nameless, and you'll see why in a minute. 
And uh, uh, I was really, it was really one of the first interviews I'd, I'd done for this newspaper, The Buffalo News. So, so I get out to this like hinterland place. I think it, it was called the Bell Star. And you would see these awesome people there. Like I saw Muddy Waters, the Blue Star there. But uh, so I go into interview this woman's trailer uh, to uh, interview her. And she's doing cocaine at the time. <laughs> and she tries to get me to do it. And I'm like, I don't do drugs yet. <laughs> so it was a little harder to because she really wanted to share it but that was pretty wild to me to see and i i put it in the story and they took it out of the store and saying well the reason we're taking it out is you can get the venue shut down if if they knew that if you know police knew that there was cocaine being done near the premises there they, they might shut the venue down so that was their excuse at the newspaper um so that was kind of an exciting exciting thing and then i didn't think i mean sometimes um i would go like going to osaka to um to do re- the mo- most recent resident evil was like really kind of compelling to me in it just because japan or asia to me is different so different from what we experience here or in in europe so then so I like to peel away from journalists so that, I've, you know, usually you're locked up in a room all day doing interviews and play the game. And at night, um, I just kind of want to wander around. So so and it, one of the other things I did recently was also cover story for Playboy was a piece on League of Legends esports. So um, I was in – so I traveled really around the world following – the, uh, a few of the U.S. teams like uh, Team Solo Mid and Cloud9 and ended up in South Korea for this massive um, uh, East, uh, League of Legends finals they had. And it was like 40,000 people there, and it was really awesome to just check out uh, not only another culture but to see esports. I mean, in a nascent kind of way. So now we already... Like two years after that article, I think we expect esports to kind of be big, but they were just—it was just exploding into the mainstream as I was catching it as a you know a subculture going to mainstream is always really interesting. And um, um, so after that, and they kept us in this place called the Lot Hotel, which also had this weird Disneyland amusement park branded with hotel characters nearby. So that was kind of crazy. But then again, I broke away, and I had a friend who was uh, at the LA Times as their uh, uh, at their foreign bureau chief, uh, chief, and the guy said to me, "Well, if you're in Seoul, you really should just hang out in the American area, uh, like the the expat area." And I said, "No way, man! I just want to find like uh, 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 the culture myself." So I I I, I look online, I book this hotel. It's like Seventy dollars a night. I said, "Oh man, I got myself a deal." But when I got to it, it's it's in a love hotel. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So and it's like really smoky in the room, and I'm allergic to smoke. And there's like all sorts of kind of ne'er do wells coming in and out. So I, I <laughs> so I left just to walk around. It's like one in the morning, and I'm walking through the streets, and. Uh, um, no, there's no, there's no like PC bombs or anything. Like I can't, 
play games. I can't find them. There's, the signs are not in English. And so I hear this woman singing from a basement. So I go into the basement. There's only this woman singing at a piano uh, in Korean. And two, and this couple like passed out at a couch. So it was kind of really lonely. So, so I left there and I started walking around and there's this woman beckoning me to come in to this. I'm not this, what might have been a bar, but it might have been a brothel as well. And I really didn't want to get in a brothel situation. So I didn't know there was no signs, you know. So, so I mean, I thought walking around Seoul was cool, but also. I may have, you know, I should have taken my friend's advice and probably gone to the expat area where there were a few more Americans. But really, as I walked those streets at like two in the morning, um, there were there it was only it, there were a fair amount of people on the street because it's uh, sold as a big town, but it was only uh, Korean. So I did feel like the very much like the outsider as I was walking around. Those are definitely some awesome stories. So when you're not adventuring the world and you know, having all these uh, incredible experiences, I'm kind of curious just what a typical day for you is like in terms of juggling your various gigs and also you know, managing the circle at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So the circle now is kind of a, a almost a, – a, it, it's, it's a nonprofit business, so it takes almost half of my time to work on that. Um, try to try to set up where we're going to mentor, uh, try to work with lawyers, trying to figure out um, who, you know, where we should be in a couple of years, writing business plans, and also uh, putting a board of directors together. So that's been a lot of work over the past few months. But um, aside from that, it's also trying to figure out, like, what can I do journalistically that is interesting that might work uh, um, for 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 long form. So, um, because of uh, uh, my kind of busy nature, I don't really uh, have the time to write um, um, like blog posts anymore. Um, so it's always looking for like, well, if I write this story, uh, will it be worth uh, five thousand words? I mean, will I be interested in it? And will Readers who are a into games, but also maybe not into games, um, be interested in it. So that's kind of a, I'm, I'm always kind of looking at like what would that story be um, uh, um, that 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 might be deeper than what uh, uh, these really good daily journalists are doing. Um, so that's that's also part of my day. My also my day is kind of thinking of like what are our next uh, New York Game Awards going to be like. So. What can we do to make it bigger but and more interesting, but still keep it indie as we have it? So we're about six months away from, uh, or maybe a little less than six months away from our next awards. So we're, I'm starting to think about about that as well. And I'm also trying to think about like what um, books I want to write and what would be a next, you know, the next maybe two or three books that I'd really be interested in writing. So that, those are, and so then I'll, I'll work on book proposals as well. Um, and that's, that, that's, that's part of my day. And also trying to think of like, what could I do um, as far as documentary? 
injuries go. So people do call a few times to maybe six times a year to um, have me uh, in, in, in whatever game documentary they are or because of the serial killer book, um, some serial killer show or something like that. So I'm always thinking of like what can we, we do maybe through the circle that might be a, a long form video or uh, or even fiction and 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 also you know since since we do have a nonprofit now and, and you know kind of getting back to the circle what can we do that's really creative um that is more artful that is kind of beyond uh um teaching mentoring having the awards and um um, um general meetings so so now that we have uh, a bit of a budget, I'm just trying to think of like, what would the next really interesting thing be? You know, is it like an art show? Is it like LA's I Am 8-Bit where there are gallery showings? So I'm, I'm kind of trying to think along those lines. Maybe it's a play because we have access to this awesome playhouse at the uh, Abrams Art Center, um, which I know you went to um, in January. That's It's an awesome playhouse that um, is primarily, um, you know, indie plays and, you know, could we put something out? Could I write something that could be put on the stage there? So, so it's a lot of stuff that probably never will happen, but, um, <laughs> that I do have the opportunity to think about during the day, which is kind of what, what is kind of interesting about, uh, being a freelance writer that, that if, if you become, you know, have a mid, at least a mid-level success, you, you, uh, I, I do have the uh, uh, luxury of, of, of thinking about what, what, what could be a, a, an interesting project for me, as opposed to just something I write for money. Well, it certainly sounds like you're never bored. I'm not. I, 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 I still do get bored, but that's, that's really. That's, that's that's a that's a herald problem, and that uh, uh, I shouldn't be, you know, looking at it objectively. <laughs> it's it's, a, it's a really interesting uh, life so far. So, uh, but yeah, sometimes you know, whatever you do. I mean, I've talked to people who uh, are, are 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 you know on top of their worlds as far as uh, media goes, like anchors and and uh, uh, heads of you know giant. Uh, uh, tech companies and they, they get bored too. So it's like, it's, it's just kind of the, uh, the ups and downs of, 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 of being a human, I guess. Yeah. The, the, there's always something new to chase. That's, that's right. Always a new challenge. So, you know, we touched on the circle before and some of your mentoring efforts. So what's some general advice you would give for kind of aspiring games journalists or, you know, anyone that wants to cover the industry in any way? Um, I would just, uh, always meet the deadline, always meet the deadline. Like I fire interns for not, for not responding to my email. So, so, so that is a big deal. Just showing up and being on time, um, is important. And you would not believe the amount of people that do not do that, um, who, who, uh, kind of expect to be, uh, promoted and, 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 uh, and giving a free ride. So, so that is the first thing. Just make sure you meet your deadlines and, uh, and are, um, and are good with your editors and don't yell at them because then most of the time, not all of the time, they know better than you do. That's why they're editors. Um, 
and then I would say that uh, you would go go the extra mile, which means work harder. There's like I don't think there's a magic to it. You do have to be able to put words together, but if you do that over time, that you you constantly get better as long as you write all the time. So 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 my advice is just to make sure that you work harder than everyone else or try to work at least a couple of days a week work work harder than um than your peers. Um and and uh and then I think that if you um are kind of nice to people without being super pushy then then you'll 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 be successful in whatever industry whether it's uh whether it's the games industry or uh, or or uh, you want to be a political reporter or you want to write about popular music whatever you do as far as writing goes um as long as you work harder um you will you will end up at some point being successful in some way. It's all great advice, and you guys should definitely listen to it if you want against journalism. So, you know, Harold, I'm sure you've uh, inspired countless people uh, to get into writing about games and, and just get into journalism in general through your you know, all your different efforts um, and all your different works over the years. Uh, but what I want to know uh, for my last question here is who are the people that inspire you? Well, I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm kind of easily inspired and I'm inspired by, um, you know, kind of, as I said, the people that I, uh, that we mentor, I'm, um, I'm inspired by a lot of, uh, people within the circle who go the extra mile, whether it's in their job or, uh, helping us out as we, as we grow, um, as, far as uh, pe- people that inspired me, I mean, I had a mentor in college whose name was David T. Bazelon, who was uh, really tough on me as a uh, as a as a writer when I would hand things in, and I think that made me tougher and made me think uh, more critically about about my own work. So, so I always think about that guy. Um, and then as an editor, I think Adam Moss was a really great editor, uh, to have along the way. And, um, um, and then let's see, I'm trying to, I mean, so, uh, I mean, I think Joshua Cohen, um, the, the, uh, the author is a really, he wrote book of numbers last year. He's got a new book out now um is is really a fine writer so reading him inspires me and then um I'll, you know i've been i think the best book i've read in the last year or so is uh is i'm actually holding it in my hand it's called the sense of an ending by julian barnes mm-hmm. and i tell everybody about this book um it's not it's a it won the man booker award maybe i don't know 10, 10 years ago they made a movie of it, which I had not seen because I liked the book so dearly. But um, I was even I was at an event and I was hanging with um, Neil Druckmann from Naughty Dog, and mm-hmm. I said to him, "Like you got like I know you're into narrative, so you really have to read Sense of an Ending by Julian Barnes." So because and so what makes a good book? So a good book makes you think, right? About things, about thoughts that you have not 
really uh, considered before, whether it's a book about games or it's a book about uh, um, whether it's fiction. It's, it's, it tries to tell you some some greater truth about yourself that you may not have known. So um, um, and when Julian Barnes's book, which is kind of a book in a nutshell about a guy who um, tries to meet up with a long lost love after decades pass um, because of something horrible that has happened. Um, it, you know, in every paragraph, there is a sentence that you say, oh, that resonates with me. Um, that's a really good crafted, really nicely crafted sentence. Oh, but oh, that last sentence, I never knew that. I never knew that about myself. And it's so right. It's so understanding of the human condition. So, so that's the kind of stuff that ins- inspires me. It's like if, the, if I read something that, um, at, at, at my age that, that really I haven't thought about and I do a lot of thinking. Um, uh, be it being here in my house and, 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 and in writing all day as I do, um, uh, I, I, I do a lot of thinking about like what, 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 you know, one does right and one, one does wrong in life. So when some, someone can put it into perspective, David Foster Wallace is kind of the same way. Um, then if, if, if it's put into perspective to me that, um, it's it's really important. Like all and and, they, and kind of the great like John Steinbeck will do the same thing. Like uh, great literary writing is is really important to me. Yeah, it's awesome. What a good what a good book can do for you, uh, and just the way it kind of drives you to be a better writer or you know better creator. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's I don't you can't you can't really be a good writer without. Uh, uh, being a good reader. Absolutely. So, Harold, that about does it for my questions. Are there any shout-outs you want to give before we wrap up here? Oh, shout-outs. Um, just, just to um, everybody in the circle, I hope everyone comes out on Friday. Um, we haven't had a good hang in a while, so um, I think that uh, it'll be good to see you. It'll be good to see Cherie. I know George is going to who's also a member of the circle. He's, he's out for his like wedding rehearsal, so he won't make it, but, um, you know, hope to see some of the polygon people, the, uh, the Kotaku people and, um, um, everyone from like the smallest, uh, blogger to, uh, uh, the bigger, uh, print publications. I, I, I enjoy seeing everyone. So hope everyone comes out. I, I just don't want to be sitting there at a table playing games by myself. So please do. <laughs> well, I'll be there, Harold. So I'll play some games with you. That sounds good. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Uh, before we leave off, where can people keep up with your work? Well, you can read me in the Washington Post. You can read me in Boys Life magazine, the magazine of the Boy Scouts, um, and uh, um, Playboy magazine. Awesome. Well, definitely keep up with Harold everywhere he writes. Uh, you're on Twitter. Uh, is your what's your uh, Twitter name? It's Harold Goldberg. It's at Harold Goldberg. Yeah. So shout shout out from time to time. I'll I always respond unless uh, unless you're an asshole. <laughs> it's the only rule. Don't be an asshole. That's right. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Harold. And as always, this has been People Playing Games. 
I'm your host, Mike Andronico. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike Andronico. You can follow the show at PPG Podcasts, and you can find the podcast pretty much anywhere podcasts are available, iTunes, SoundCloud, or any service of your choice. Thanks again for listening, and as always, guys, keep playing.